You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? You're with Karen, accentuating the positive. I've got a fabulous guest on the show with me today. His name is Paul Dunn. He is the founder, co-founder of B1G1. Let me tell you a bit about Paul. He is a four times TEDx speaker. He's a senior fellow in one of the world's leading think tanks and holds a lifetime service award to the accounting profession in the UK. He was honored as a social innovator fellow in his new home of Singapore, something he shares with film star and philanthropist Jet Li and Walmart chairman Bob Watson. He was one of the first 10 people in Hewlett-Packard in Australia. He then created one of Australia's first computer companies. He then created Results Corporation, where he helped develop and grow 23,000 small and medium-scale business enterprises. He first made his mark on the accounting profession through the Radical Accounts Boost Camp process, enabling over 17,000 accountants worldwide to work with their clients in new ways. And Paul is very definitely not an accountant, he says. Paul continues to push the boundaries. He recently featured in Forbes magazine alongside Sir Richard Branson in a global piece on disruptors in business. His book, The Firm of the Future is widely regarded as a breakthrough book for professional firms. He is chairman of the revolutionary B1G1 Business for Good, a company that's already enabled businesses to create over 62 million giving impacts around the world. He clocks up about 1.2 million air miles every year and he tells us that his baggage does nearly 2 million miles. Welcome, Paul. Thanks so much for being a part of Accentuate the Positive Radio. Wow, you have done so much in your life. How did all this philanthropy start? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you, Karen. It's a delight to be sharing this time with uh, with you and all the people listening to you as well. You're right that it's been one, one heck of a journey. It started way back when, when uh, I was lucky enough to be one of the first 10 in Hewlett-Packard in Australia. And, you know, that, that is called being lucky. Uh, it's a long, long time ago. And then, you know, I, I created uh, many successful businesses. And, you know, one of them, for example, a lot of people will remember called Results Corporation, where we were doing all of the work for something like 23,000, believe it or not, uh, small to medium scale businesses around the world. Then I morphed that into, uh, for my sins, I guess, into uh, uh, accountants. And uh, we uh, created whole lot of stuff for accountants around the world which changed their lives which is interesting that's what they still say and then in the year 2000 to get to your question about philanthropy in the year 2000 I, I sold everything I was doing at that time 200 programs a year around the world and decided to sell everything and I went actually to live in France believe it or not and I had to keep a low profile as you do when you sell things right so then uh, in 2006, I was in a program in um, Bangalore in India. A friend of mine said, who was also in the program, said, hey, listen, do you want to come and have some dinner tonight? And he said, I I'm going to bring a friend. And his friend also Indian, he said, hello. I said, hi, I'm Paul Dunn. And he said, hi, I'm Pastor Selva. So I said, well, you know, tell me something about your story. 
Now, remember, this was April in 2006. Up until that time, I had thought that running businesses was all about two things. It was about having fun Mm -hmm. and adding enormous value to the people who you're privileged to serve. Mm -hmm. But this particular meeting changed my view of that. I said, so, you know, what brings you here? And he said, well, the story goes back four years when my church asked me to go create a little church in a tiny area off the coast of India, three and a half thousand people. And he said, we did that. We built this beautiful church. And he said, 16 months ago, and I remember this was April 2006. He said, 16 months ago, everything changed. And I'm trying to think, 16 months, what's, what's that about? He said, well, we were... In the Sunday school, he said it was a Sunday morning. All of a sudden, he said we had 12 children, and all of a sudden, I heard this noise, uh, the mm. like of which I'd never heard. Mm. Uh, all the kids were scared, and, and so I said, No, it's okay. I walked outside, he said, and I saw this wall of water. And at that moment, I got mm. what he was talking yeah. about mm. the tsunami in 2004. Mm. And so I saw this wall of water that was clearly going to engulf us. And my heart started to race. I said, well, what did you do? And he said, well, I got inside the Sunday school and I said to the kids, we're going to play a game. And that game is called Let's Run to the High Ground and join hands and run to the high ground. So he said, we did that. We stood there, six kids either side. We looked and the church was just crumbled like a matchbox and washed away. And we stood there and watched as their parents were washed away as well. (gasps) Wow. Exactly. Oh, wow. And I, and you know, I, I can't remember what I said, honestly, but at uh, some point I, I probably said, well, what happened then? And he told me how he'd spent 16 months with these kids. It took him four weeks to get off that island. And he'd spent four weeks with these, four, all of that time going around India, trying to find a place for them, trying to find a school, trying to find a place to live, trying to find food, et cetera, et cetera. And had you been there, Karen, you would have said exactly what I said, which was, well, you figured out how much it costs to do that. And he said, well, yes, actually, uh, I have. That's why I'm meeting with your friend. So it costs three and a half thousand US to do, you know, all the things that need to be done. And I said, oh, that's per child, right? And he said, no, 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 that's all 12. And again, had you been there, you would have said exactly what I said, which was, it's fixed. You know, you don't know how it's going to be fixed, but you just know it's going to be fixed. We parted our ways and and, uh, I arranged for, you know, money to be transferred and everything else. And then about four weeks later, I get this um, email that I will treasure until the day I'm no longer here. It's from him. He's gone down to an internet cafe to send this email. He's also borrowed a digital camera and he sent me some shots because he told me a month before this, he had, they had found someone who would let them have this house. Mm-hmm. So he sent me some shots of the house. It's a shot close up of the house. And across the top of it, they've gotten this big paintbrush mm-hmm. and they've Paul done home. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and that was like, you know, it's one of those moments that changes everything. And you Change. know how it is. Yeah. It changed your life. It did because you know how it is. I mean, people listening to you now, probably driving around, they can relate to this. And as much as, Let's say this morning, someone listening to you now in their car has actually gone to the dealership and they've picked up a new car. Now, if they've done that, they're experiencing something interesting. And that is they're in the new car, but all of a sudden, have you ever noticed this? When you do that, every third or fourth car coming towards you is exactly the same as the car that you just bought. You never saw them before, but they're always there, right? 
Yeah. And, and so it was for me that all of a sudden, you know, I get into that space where I see that there's a responsibility to give back. And yeah. a couple of months after that, I met with a lovely lady whose name is Masami, Masami Sato. And she was in a mentoring program that I was doing. She was a Japanese chef. She lived in Brisbane. And she had created this tiny, tiny business, which was making gluten-free frozen food. Anyway, she comes into the mentoring session and she's brought the packaging and on the side of the packaging. See, what I didn't know about her was that every business that she had ever created, there was only one reason why she started the business. Mm. And that reason was to give back. On the side of the packaging of this gluten-free frozen food, it says... Every time you buy this nutritious food, you help us support a soup kitchen in India. Yeah. And I, you know, and I took a look at it. And honest to God, if I, if I can say this on your radio station, it was a smart-ass remark. I looked at it and I said, huh, I've heard of buy one, get one, but that's buy one, give one. Honest to God, it was a smart-ass remark. Honestly. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> what, what happens, I don't think any more of it. But in this three-day program or four-day program that we were on and she was a part of, she was someplace else. I mean, she was in the program, but as a result of this, something else was going on. So anyway, I got back to Brisbane where I was living at the time. And, and, and then seven days later, she calls me and she says, hello, in this lovely Japanese accent, she says, uh, hello, Paul, how are you? And Karen, you know how it is when they speak like that, you speak like that. So I said, I good, how are you? And, and she said, <laughs> she said, cannot sleep seven days. And I say, why you not sleep seven days? And she said... <laughs> Called the mirror neurons. Yeah, exactly. It's mirror neurons. And she said, um, I cannot sleep because you say buy one, give one. And I can't even remember it. And I say, what? She said, well, you, you say buy one, give one. And yeah. I go, oh, yeah. Okay, Masami, what is that? Now, this is where you really need to listen because there's some magic in this. So she said, literally at that point, realize that if I give away that which I have, can create world that full of giving yeah. because that happier world. <laughs> Love it. She's brilliant. But I still think, you know, that's like, woo, 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 right? So I oh. say to her, so Masami, how, how that work? And she said, well, and these are her exact words. Oh, Paul, you go Harvey Norman you buy plasma TV. And I say, well, if I go Harvey Norman or anyone else for that matter and buy plasma TV, they not give me another TV, right? And she said, oh, you not understand. You go Harvey Norman buy plasma TV because you want better vision. So how it be when you buy plasma TV, someone who cannot see, get the gift of sight. And I go, oh my God. And then she says, or how it be you have a cup of coffee in cafe and as a result, child get access to life-saving water. Yeah. And I can tell you exactly what I said at that time. I said, Masami, can I be your mentor for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was in 2007. That was and in 2007. How- that's how B1G1 started. And it took three years. I mean, it's such a simple idea, right? But it took three years to figure out how to do that. 
We've been talking with Paul Dunn today, the founder of B1 G1 Business for Good. We've heard all about how it started. Now I've got some more questions for him. By the way, I hope you like the story. <laughs> Fabulous story. I'm just brimming with questions. You were talking before about focus and you said that when you focus on something in your life, you see more of it. So what you focus on shows up more in your life. So when you decide to focus on giving or you decide to focus on people in need, obviously you see more of that in your life. Do you find that overwhelming, the amount of people that are in need on the planet? I went to Amici recently, the Hugging Mother, and she was enlightening us with some statistics. She was saying that only about 20%, 10% of the planet actually live in abundance. 80% of the planet live in according to our standards, abject poverty. How do you deal with that? Well, it's, it's funny you ask that question because I, I was actually thinking about that on the weekend, seriously, right. and uh, on last weekend. This is a fundamentally important thing about B1G1. Mm. So B1G1 didn't say, oh, you know, there's lots of kids who need water. Let's yeah. create something that gives kids water. What we said was, Let's change the way that giving gets done. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that people can give to whatever they want to in yes. a different way. And so it's a fundamental uh, different shift. So now uh, in B1G1, for example, there are now you know, close to a thousand projects, uh, which are all very high integrity projects. And so the, the people who own businesses right now, for example, joining you can create their own stories. And so they can say, let's suppose someone is a, a, a truck driver listening to it, to you now. And, yep. you know, and then with every load that I deliver, you know, bang, this happens. Yep. And you can create that story. So tell us exactly how it works. I'm a business person per se, and I have a business and I want to give back. How is my selling my product giving back to people that need it what's the how does it work hmm. well you first of all you decide totally how you give back you create a story so the story might be every time someone buys some shoes right that's the first part of the story and then you can decide what happens so it could be every time someone buys some shoes a child gets access to water which by the way would cost you the princely sum of one cent yes to do. Mm -hmm. So you, you can set that up or you can say, and you know that Mrs. Jones, who's buying those lovely shoes from you, you know that she is into, I don't know, maybe indigenous children and, and learning or something like that. So you can present her with a, with a little gratitude certificate, which says, you know, you can put it in the shoe, actually, that people who are sell, sell shoes do this. They actually package it in the shoe so that you get this lovely surprise when you open the shoe. You know, Mrs. Jones, just by buying these shoes, you'd be thrilled to know that the Aboriginal community was impacted by so much training or whatever else it was that you wanted to do with that Aboriginal community. So the point is that the giving is always under your control. It's not something like where you, you know, you sign up and pledge, you know, uh, to support you know, some charity for the rest of your life. That's not what this is. You can change literally on a dime. For example, in this past couple of weeks, you know, there's been an amazing tragedy, as you know, in, in yep. Nepal. Mm -hmm. So people are choosing to give to a project that we have, in fact, several projects, 
that we have in Nepal to make a, a difference there. So as a business owner, I get to choose where I'm putting my money. That's exactly what happens. So say I'm charging $100 for my service, $10 of that, I can choose where that goes. Let's take that case of you doing your intuitive sessions. Mm. And by the way, $10 would be a lot uh, to give. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you probably wouldn't do that unless you felt right. But, but you know, you, the point is, your, it's your choice. Okay? Yes. So you would, uh, rather than do that every day, you would uh, perhaps count up the number of sessions you did every week. And then you'd simply go online and say, this is what's going to happen. Bang, you put your credit card in there and away you go. As simple as that. In fact, we have uh, some uh, retailers who sell fashion items, for example. Yeah. And the way they do it is astonishing. I'm thinking of one lady, uh, her name is Karen. What she does is she actually does the giving every day. And the reason she does it every day is two things. One, or actually three things. One, because it just takes 40 seconds to do, she tells us. Two, and this is the most important one. She says, the reason I give every day is because it reminds me of why I do what I do. I Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah. And the third reason, by the way, is because it's her seven-year-old son, whose name is Max, who does the giving. What happens? She has these little uh, swing tags on the dresses and she clips the corner of these, these things. This is up at Noosa, actually. And then she takes them home and she gives them to Max. Now, she's already got five of the, actually six favorite givings. And so young seven-year-old Max has these six little cans. And he takes the appropriate tag and puts it in this tag, this, you know, in this can, in this can, in this can, in this can. He counts up the number of tags in each can, puts that on the B1G1 site. In 40 seconds, it's done. Simple as that. So it's, uh, you know. Brilliant. So, yeah, it is. Uh, we, by the way, it, <laughs> it took three years to figure out how to do all of that. So how do you inspire the business person to actually become more humane, become more of a giver, become more sharing? I mean, I personally see it as a brilliant marketing tool because if I know that a business is giving to something I care about, I'm going to buy from that business. But how do you get people on board? That's a great question. The answer to it is this. We think that, well, let me, let me give you the detailed answer because it's very important that people get this. A lot of people understand that there's this term. It's a term that I really don't like. It's called CSR or so-called corporate social responsibility. I think mm -hmm. we should be done with that term. We really should. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of reasons for it. The moment you use the first word corporate, you, that means big end of town, right? That means your Coca-Colas, your, you know, all of those sorts of people. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. If you look at Australia or for indeed any so-called first world country, let me give you some stats, which are staggering stats. And these are stats out of America, but they're exactly the same in Australia. It's just the magnitude is different. So if you look at the US, you find $340 billion that was given to charities last year. Now, of that $340 billion, guess what? Only 5%, that's actually 5.23% came from business. That's, yeah. That staggers me every time I hear yeah. it. But the most importantly, that 5.23% was all from the big end of town. It wasn't from so-called small to medium scale business. Yet, if we went to the business minister in Australia, if we went to Mr. Abbott or whoever it was that we went to in government or the opposition or whatever, and we said, you know, what's the, what's the strength of business? They would all say small to medium scale businesses. 
In fact, 70% of Australia's economy is powered by small to medium scale business. And yet, it's not easy for businesses to give. It's not. You've got to figure out, oh, do I trust this thing? Do I, you know, blah, all of those sorts of yeah. things. And so yeah. what B1G1 does is specifically says to small to medium scale business, all of whom know, as we all do, at some level, we need to start thinking about legacy. And at some level, we need to start thinking about the difference that we make. Mm. And so the magic of B1G1 is that you can create your magic wand and say, every time I do this, this is what happened. As we said earlier, it's just one cent that can be used to make a difference. I was talking with someone this morning, Karen, who in their business has a very simple thing that they do. Guess what? Every time they send an email, a kid gets access to water. Now go figure that. How do they, just, how do they set that up? Very simple. That's what, that's what they put in B1G1 every time we send an email. So all they do is they count the number of emails that they, that they send each day or each week, right? whatever that is, and that's pretty easy to do through your email provider. And so let's, for the sake of discussion, say yeah. you know, 300 emails a day, mm -hmm. right? then that's 300 kids a day that are getting access to water, to life-saving water. And Karen, there are 700 million people who do not have access to water, right? as you and I are talking right now. Right? Yeah. So, so think about, just think about the number of emails we send. Think yeah. about the number of cups of coffee we have. Think about all of those sorts of things. Yeah. And think about and imagine a world which is quite different. Imagine a world where when we did those things, something great happened. And so to get back to your earlier question, which was, yeah. well, how do you select all of these are you sort of drawn over here, over there? We're not. What we're saying is, no, 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 no. Business has the opportunity to create these wonderful moments that change everything. And what B1G1 is, is this beautiful, well, I think it's beautiful, <laughs> this beautiful platform that allows you to do it in the simplest, easiest way possible. Let me tell you a story. Um, every year we do a thing called the B1G1 study tour. Yes. Where we take our B1G1 partners from around the world and we, and we go visit particular projects and we do the work. Yeah. And one of the people who went, or who came the year before last, was a guy in Brisbane. He's an accountant. He brought his two kids, one of whom is 16 and one of whom was 14. These kids just, kids get it. I mean, kids really, really get it because there's no baggage, right? They just get it. So, anyway, long story short, I end up talking at this kids, these two kids, they go to the same school in Brisbane. They asked me to talk and I thought I was just going to be talking to the, you know, the year 12s. I ended up talking to the whole school. So it's 550 people. So anyway, at the beginning of the talk, I said to this young lady who's been, was on the tour with us, her name is Jess. Jess, just before I talk, is there, is there one thing that you would like me to make sure that everybody gets? And she said, oh, yes, Paul. She said, that's easy. I mean, this is like out of the mouths of babes, Karen, right? So she said, you know what? When we give, we often think that it's us giving to the beneficiaries, meaning us giving to them. The reality is, Paul, it's them giving to us. Think about that. Yeah. And when you think about it, you suddenly get this whole thing that we really are connected, that we really yeah. are one.
what I do to you, you do to me. That, that whole thing that I'm sure you talk about <laughs> uh, a lot. Absolutely. And so people get that. And being one G1 just unlocks that inside them. And so people say to us very, very often when they see B1 G1, this is not an unusual thing where people go, oh my God, I've been waiting for something like this all my life. Yeah. It unlocks a deeper sense of purpose and a higher sense of happiness. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, it really, yeah. really does. It's, um, you know, and I love, I love what, um, you know, Brene Brown, I've spoken at four TEDx talks and, and you know, Brene Brown has got the uh, third most watched uh, TED talk of all yeah. time. Yeah. And then there's Simon Sinek up there with Start With Why as well. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Brene says in her talk on vulnerability, which is worthwhile listening to, connection is why we're here. It's what gives meaning and purpose to our life. And the moment you get that, you, you see, if we were doing this in the office and if this were sort of TV right now, you would see behind me three big words. And the big words are these. And these really underpin what B1G1 is about, impact. And what we're very clear about is that it never, ever, ever should be about the money that you give. It never, ever should be about the chief executive standing up with a big check saying, look at what we just did. It never, ever should be about that. It always should be about the impact that you're creating. Mm -hmm. And by the way, in B1G1, we do it in such a way that 100% of what you give goes where you wanted it to go. And that is incredibly rare. The next thing we say is, is habit. What we mean by habit is we're not really going to change the world by going to a charity ball. We're not. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't go to charity balls. It doesn't mean that. It, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have uh, there's some good things, I'm sure, uh, that, that go on in, in charity balls. But we only change the world, as, as I'm sure you say you know, every time on your radio station, we only change the world by the habits that we carry out. It's all about the habit that we have. And so we think that the giving should be as a natural result of something that you do. In other words, when you sell this, something great happens. So it should be about habit. In other words, it should be embedded in what you do. And the third thing is, I think, the most important of all, and it's about connection. Absolutely. That wonderful connection that comes. Here's a, a story of a financial planner, and there may be, be some financial planners listening to, to us now. There's a lady in Sydney. Her name is Rachel. Rachel joins B1G1. Long story short, she goes back to her office having joined. She hasn't opened her computer. She meets with her client. Her client's name is Kevin. Kevin, or potential client. Rachel is a fee-for-service financial planner. So she does the financial plan between 3.30 and 5.15 for Kevin. Kevin says, thank you very much, Rachel. That was wonderful. Here's my $4,000 for the financial plan, thank you very much. They say their farewells. Rachel goes for the very first time, Karen, to her computer, opens up B1G1. She clicks the give button. Now, before she clicks it, she says to herself, of that $4,000, how much can I reasonably afford to give? Her answer to that is $20. So now she's sitting at the computer effectively with this $20. She clicks on the give button. She clicks and where upon these thousand projects open up and she sees the search button. Now, what I didn't tell you is that Kevin is from the music industry. So in the search button, Rachel puts in the word music. Miraculously, she finds all of these projects that have something to do with music. 
One of them happens to be in Mumbai, and it happens to be for disadvantaged kids, read slum kids, who have a learning disability, think uh, dyslexia. It's actually not dyslexia, but think that. Mm -hmm. So that when these kids are looking at the board out the front, they just can't make sense of it. But it turns out that someone has created a, an Indian music CD such that when they listen to this CD, it sort of unscrambles their brain. So they can learn, not at still the normal rate, but at a faster rate than they otherwise could, which obviously changes their life. So she looks at this project, it's 50 cents for the project itself. That is to say, it's 50 cents to impact one child. So she goes, well, I've got $20. Wow, that's 40 children. She then goes and creates a gratitude certificate upon her B1G1 thing, where she emails Kevin. The email says this, hello, Kevin. One thing we didn't tell you about when you joined us was that whenever we do things here, something great happens. Specifically, we thought you'd like to know this. You have permanently impacted the lives of 40 children as a result of being with us. And Kevin, you've done that through the gift of music. And then it went on to talk about what happened, right? And you can imagine what happened. The way Rachel tells the story is that the next morning, Kevin called her and she said all he could do was get to hello, Rachel. He couldn't go beyond that. He'd been so impacted by the fact that for the first time in his life as a client of a professional service firm, something wonderful had happened as a result of him doing business. And that's the magic of B1G1. That's why I say that the last little piece of connection is such an important one. Well, that was the best story. <laughs> we need there's, we, there's thousands of <laughs> we need more stories out there in the world like that. We need more cool, stories. By the way, you know what Rachel says? You know what Rachel says? It's so interesting. It's a, and, and it gets back to this whole sort of inspired thing that you mentioned. Rachel now says, seriously, not making it up, she says, you know what the best thing, the best thing about my job is now? The best thing is not selling the financial plan. The best thing is going to my computer and determining what the impact of that will be. Yeah. Yeah. That's the why. That's the why. So we're, we're running. I could talk to you all day. I'd love to talk to you all day. We're running out of time, but I want to ask you this. Has it been that long? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all the people listening to us, thank you for taking time. Wow. I hope it's been inspiring for you as well. I want to ask you this. So you've been an incredibly successful businessman and accountant. You've been, you've had the corporate lifestyle and then 2006, your world changes. You come up with this idea three years later, you've got it up and running. How has it changed your life, Paul? Well, I, I see things in a totally different way now. It, it, and it's like this. Sometimes we doubt that the small things we do can really make a difference. But if you think about B1G1, it's a, it's a tiny thing in the, in the whole spectrum of, of this. It's a tiny, tiny thing. But when I got up on the weekend and saw that our giving in B1G1 had passed 62 million giving impacts, you cannot fail to get a lump in your throat about that. As um, someone I was talking with earlier today said, you know what, Paul, I think another way of describing that is that 62 million smiles. Think about that. You know, so I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, have the, I have the best job talking with people. And by the way, thank you for 
chatting with me this morning. I, I, I hope it has been uh, inspiring and you know, I'm very grateful for uh, the opportunity to uh, take time with you. It's been awesome to do that. It's been so inspiring, so incredibly inspiring. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us today, Paul. It's been a pleasure. Make sure your day's a great one, won't you? <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye for now. I've been talking today with the very inspirational Paul Dunn from B1G1. Buy one, give one. If you'd like to know more about B1G1, maybe you're a business owner and you'd like to get involved, go to b1g1.com and check it out. It's a brilliant idea or maybe you'd just like to be a part of the giving. Thanks again for joining us for another interview on Accentuate the Positive Radio. Remember to go to iTunes and review and rate us to spread the love. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain. Or join the newsletter to get updates of guests and shows. And if you need any help or you want to contact me, go to karenswain.com. Bye for now.